You're listening to the Unshamed Podcast. We talk about important topics that are culturally taboo when it comes to the female body, mind, and soul. We want to break down shame that surrounds these topics so that women can be empowered in their everyday lives. Make sure to like and subscribe and share this with your friends. Well, hello and welcome to the Unshamed Podcast. We're back for another episode. Uh, This one, boy, I couldn't figure out a good title for this episode, but we're just going to talk about shame and the female body. And we're here with Heather Moore. Uh, Heather is an integrated psychotherapist. Did I say that right? Yeah. And she specializes in marriage and family counseling. And so we have the honor of having Heather here today. Mm -hmm. And she um, is going to talk about a really important topic, and that's how our mental health and shame sort of collide sometimes Mm -hmm. and how shame can affect us in ways that we're sometimes just not even aware of. Um, And before we started recording, we just started, we were talking about like how deeply rooted shame is here in Ireland. Mm. And you just come from work and you were Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So like today was all about shame pretty much. Yeah. Probably because we were, you know, this was going to happen later on. Yeah. I'm insane. Yeah. (laughs) Why are we doing (laughs) Why are we doing this? And even the act of doing this has Mm -hmm. brought up so much shame and I'm not good enough why am I doing that? like even as I'm coming walking up to your door mm-hmm. but yeah um my own shame is inflamed um but today yeah working with clients today it's like the theme there's a theme running here and mm-hmm. it's it's shame mm-hmm. it's the I'm not good enough I should be this my body and my boot, my breasts aren't big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, my vagina isn't waxed enough. That's mm-hmm. why he didn't ring me. Yeah. Um, it's this constant narrative. It's a constant story that we're telling ourselves mm-hmm. that it's in our bodies. I mean, if we're talking mm-hmm. about shame, you got to start with the body because mm-hmm. it's it's embodied. Yeah. You know? I don't know if I'm making any sense. Am it I makes any, total I sense. Like talking no, it here? makes total you sense. Know? It does. Like mm-hmm. um, even you know. Like uh, with my kid, mm-hmm. Eden, earlier, he something uh, he wasn't feeling right or something was weird. And he was like um, thinking it, it was his fault because he didn't drink enough water. And How I was like, ourselves? yeah, I said, yeah. I had him stop. And I said, look at me. I said, nothing oh, wow. is ever mm-hmm. your fault that's wrong with your body. Wow. Never wrong with you. But I just, mm-hmm. I felt like, man, I don't want him to ever grow up feeling like something is his fault. Yeah. You regulated um, him. like, I, And that was really, I can see as your talk was so meaningful. <laughs> you didn't want him to take that into his body. No. And you regulated him. You repaired that mm-hmm. right in the moment. So he didn't carry that into 22 and. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I, I have a few questions. First question, like, um, is why is shame such an important topic for you? And mm-hmm. if you have any more to say about why it's important to you, especially here in Ireland, yeah. why do you feel? Um, I feel I'm swimming in it mm-hmm. daily, hourly, um, and I feel my own story is saturated in shame as well. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it must be really interesting as an outsider coming into Ireland mm-hmm. and going, what is this? Because mm-hmm. you, when you're an outsider, you, you do sense things um so yeah it's um it's absolutely saturated in irish culture it's 
it, it's percolating mm-hmm. um, because of the intergenerational transmission of trauma, because of the power of institutions, mm-hmm. um, the English, the Catholic Church, yeah. and somehow it's getting translated. You know, um, my work is working with human beings who live embodied lives mm. or who are not living embodied lives. Yeah. And and that's part of my story as well, is my own uh, pain, my own shame, my own trauma that actually led me to being a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, because why is shame so important to me? There's something, and even I have to say this too, yeah. I felt that the evangelical scene in the 80s and 90s really shamed me. It was like, I don't know, did the Irish people replace the Catholic Church with the evangelical scene and go, I don't know. So for me, it wasn't a safe place. It was more body shame. Mm-hmm. Shame about my sexuality, shame about the expression of self, shame about what I'd wear, mm. how I'd speak. Um, and I felt that religion really silenced me, mm. shut me down and deauthorized my life. Mm-hmm. And it, but it took me years. Yeah. Decades. To separate really. religion from true faith yeah you know absolutely yeah totally like mm-hmm. does that make that my it makes even, total sense because I'm going off topic please <laughs> there <laughs> is slurp, not yeah. really a specific flow <laughs> we're just gonna talk yeah but yeah. um yeah it's funny how like we equate uh jesus with stuff that people do yeah total moronic behavior we go yeah. oh that must be jesus nope like yeah. the whole the laundries, all that stuff, all that terrible stuff. Yeah, people just kind of lump into one thing. I think mm-hmm. Jesus is like, um, yeah, don't say it's not my, my name deal. In there. That's not my deal. That's okay, don't mention me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was not. Yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to share more of your story? Or yeah, I mean, talking about the like, laundries. Yeah, <laughs> as much as you feel like you want the dirty. To- <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm actually not from a Catholic background, so mm-hmm. that's weird in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like the kind of Protestant background, Anglican growing up, um, but um, kind of working class. So mm-hmm. not none of that. Oh right. The, yeah, none of that not stuff. The not the yeah yeah like the private oh, schools yeah. or any of that any of that jazz mm-hmm. uh, and from Donegal and um, okay. it's funny you know I was walking over here going oh, I don't want to do this I'm so terrified and I'm sweating and I've got really bad bo right now, um, but I I was thinking 27 years ago um, 27 years ago this to this day. My husband, uh, we were getting married on the 19th of June. Mm-hmm. So my husband said, um, we, I need to, uh, we need to just pull up to this lane because I have to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like for like a snog because we did the evangelical, right, you know, right, old right. Christian thing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he said, listen, your mom has told me something and you don't know this about yourself. I was going, what are you talking? Yeah, like, what the hell? He went, listen, uh, she told me that you were born in a mother and child home. And I I don't, I think it has taken me years, decades, many decades, that's 27 years. It Mm -hmm. took me so long to integrate that piece of information. And she didn't feel safe enough to tell me or shameless or free in herself um so mm. yeah it explained a lot mm. and um and I, I remember people in the kind of in the playground when i was a kid saying oh you know you're, you're a bastard you were born in a matter so i knew yeah. i was born out of 
uh, marriage or wedlock, mm-hmm. which was a big deal yeah. in 1967 Ireland or 1970s mm-hmm. Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a big deal now. Mm-hmm. But um, she was sent uh, to a mother and child home and she was 16. Like my son, my youngest, my baby is 16. He can look after cats. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's so... If that. No, re- <laughs> Yeah. He'd love this microphone. Yeah. Um, so it's like, and, and my dad, I think apparently my dad stopped the adoption. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they married mm-hmm. um, and they lived in England away from mm-hmm. the shame yeah. of Ireland. Gosh, so hard. Um, so I think I didn't know I was filled with shame, but implicitly I lived it at every level. Mm. Not being good enough. Perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Um my body was to this, to that, mm-hmm. not big enough, not feminine enough. I think I embodied the shame mm-hmm. and I lived it out in so many ways, mm-hmm. Katie. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I, yeah, it's taken, and yeah, yeah. It's still, and it's still, even last August, I was at a, a conference, a psychoanalytic conference in Lithuania, and this um, Dutch psychoanalyst said, do you realise you use the word mistake? in your language so much when you're speaking and the word accident mm. i wonder is that connected with your birth <laughs> I was like, wow and i yeah i know so even a, at a speech because um jacques lacan talks about how the unconscious is, is in in our speech patterns yeah. so mistake was um i made a mistake i came to this co- it was in my speech it was embedded in my speech wow so that's and how much I was deauthorizing myself and um, you know we were talking earlier about how Irish people do that self-deprecating thing of like uh-huh. oh like so much of them yeah yeah, yeah I can't yeah. take a compliment yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like I bought it in pennies yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh stop I fished from a bin it was terrible <laughs> like <laughs> was yeah so that totally. kind of I'm a mistake mm-hmm. is something I really lived out yeah but it wasn't explicit it was implicit it was a mm. really I don't know if I'm no, yeah. totally make it sense. Mm-hmm. How, do you feel like shame affects us, like, not just on a mental and emotional level, but like an actual physical level? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, we got st- if you talk about shame, we've got to talk about the body. Yeah. And, um, you know, just what you told there, that story about your son, Alan Shore, is an American psychoanalyst and uh, neurobiologist. He talks about how when the caregiver mm. doesn't um, repair with the baby. So the baby goes into a hyper-aroused state. I'm, I'm hungry, I scream, I cry. Mm-hmm. So the, in the ordinary good enough mother will soothe the baby with her, her voice, her good enough father, with rocking, with the breast, mm-hmm. and it's repaired. Yeah. But this sometimes that baby will scream and it won't be met by the beautiful gaze. It won't be met by uh, a loving, soothing voice. Mm -hmm. It won't be met by holding. Mm -hmm. It will be not met. It will be abandoned at some level, Mm. dysregulated, we'd say. Mm -hmm. So the baby will go from hyper-arousal, anxious state, into Mm. um, a very deadly, we'd say the um, hypo-aroused state. Mm -hmm. And that there's a lot of cortisol in the body Hmm. so much cortisol builds up and that um, really affects the dendrites and the connectivity in the body and brain connection so like learning and memory and all that yeah the hippocampus uh, speech um, Hmm. averting the eyes not being able to full eye contact Hmm. um, digestive problems 
uh, problems with uh, respiratory, reproductive problems mm. on so many levels. Wow, yeah. Cortisol is really yeah. corrosive mm-hmm. on the human body. Wow. But we need a human being bigger than us to regulate our states, to take care of us so that we internalise that and can do yeah. it for ourselves, you know. It's just like yeah. what you did with your son there earlier on. Totally, yeah. You know, it's the simple, ordinary, good mm-hmm. enough stuff. Yeah, that you are good enough, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah, like, um, from every angle, mm-hmm. it feels like we're told we're not good yeah. enough. Yeah, And this is a constant thing. women? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A constant thing we have to fight against, mm-hmm. and it's kind your, of a battle. Your you know? body's not good enough. It's not like Instagram, mm-hmm. yoga, all that. Um, the good enough mother. So mm-hmm. I think more is demanded of women now in terms of career, motherhood, uh, you know, sex goddess, mm-hmm. all rolled into the one human being. Yeah. And your garden and, you know, your mm-hmm. sourdough. <laughs> like, I have a sourdough that's probably dead in there right now. <laughs> Mine because hasn't been com- fed. No, it's fed mine. <laughs> it was growing. Do you know? Yeah. No, it was fine. Yeah. But I think I've managed to somehow kill it, which is actually kind of hard to kill sourdough. But it's very hard to kill. Yeah. Sourdough. So sex goddess, perhaps. But sourdough, sex goddess, but sourdough. But sourdough person. Sourdough goddess. Maybe not Sorry, cutting it. Not really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please uh, like, subscribe. That way you can hear more of it. That way. It pops up into your, um, you see it and you're like, oh, I need to watch another episode. Um, and definitely comment down below if you're like, oh, this is something that I've um, experienced with shame or you want to ask a question or whatever. Please do, because actually any question that you ask, I can send on to Heather and she can like, <laughs> she can lie. <laughs> she can be like, here's my expertise, but she has loads of expertise, like years and years. Yes. <clears throat> So if she can answer it, we'll find someone who can. And uh, we want to get your questions answered and help you feel unshamed, mm. really. Like, we don't we don't like shame. It's toxic. It doesn't belong in our mm. society. So this Unshamed podcast, that's what we're all about. That's where we want to go. So that's the vision of this podcast. But if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like this. So we're talking with Heather Moore. And she is telling us, a bit about her story and a bit about her thoughts on shame. But I think, can we talk about more about the national level kind of in shame? Wow. <laughs> like, and if you PhDs. If you PhDs. But I'm like, yeah. wow. but there's people who are listening who might not be from Ireland. So yeah. maybe yeah. like a little oh bit of goodness. like, yeah. like a tiny drop in the ocean <laughs> about like, you know, what like uh, shame in Ireland? Why do people think that this place has so much shame here? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you need a, so first of all, we need a historian. Yeah, we need a historian. Around, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the domination of the English yeah. and the the Irish identity, the Irish language. Mm-hmm. So so much was mm-hmm. shamed in Irish kind of national psyche, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it is still a very it's since 1922 my sister's terrible oh, yeah, my, my husband was listening now he'd, he'd kick my ass <laughs> it's still a very young country it's in sure. many ways mm-hmm. and then um the catholic church and that huge power into church church and state and education and contraception oh yeah yeah the fact like, that you couldn't shit. get a condom until the 60s right no, no. 
No, 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 no 19... No. Um, was it the 80s? 1993. <gasps> it was something... No, because I'll tell you why, Katie, because I remember I was married in mm-hmm. 1993, 17 years ago, around yeah. this time. And I remember walking in to, to get the condoms and doing this thing with my hand going... Oh, my... You know, I'm, I'm kosher. <laughs> That's Are nuts. Are So it was around um, the early 90s when contraception became freely available in Ireland. What? When... Um, you know, homosexuality became de- decriminalized uh-huh. and suicide became decriminalized. Suicide, oh my gosh. So you've got yeah. so much, um, you've got a history mm. saturated in stigma, mm-hmm. taboo, mm. religion, the body, the body is carnal, the body is bad, you know, masturbation. Yeah, I'm just all that. your kids, the body, <laughs> yeah, masturbation no, <laughs> Oh, the body is mm-hmm. sinful. Yeah. Um, Jezebel. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, and I think up till the sixties, if you had just had a baby, you weren't allowed to go to mass because you were mm. still the bleeding woman. Oh my god! And you were unclean. Hmm. Um, way to go way back to Jewish law, you know? Oh, yeah, back to the, <laughs> right. the woman with the the bleeding woman yes. in Mark's gospel. Yeah. So all mm-hmm. of that is only. It's still very. I remember. It's like, yeah. there There you go. Wow. Yeah. Boy, it hasn't been long then no. since all that. No. That's really, yeah. That's and we really think, good. oh, we've had all these referendums. We're so... Mm-hmm. No, we're not. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No amount of wokeness would probably undo a lot of that stuff. <laughs> it's generate... Because then you have generations who are traumatized by institutions, mm-hmm. um, the mother and baby homes... Uh, pregnancy, your body, your sexuality, your femininity. Mm-hmm. So that if that's not dealt with at a mm. bodily and body level, that will be this that dissociation, that pockets of dissociation mm-hmm. will be going to the next generation. Yeah. So. Well, um, I mean, we talked about in an earlier episode mm-hmm. about, you know, I feel like the antidote is so simplistic, but yeah. like. To say that the antidote for shame is to say, okay, let's rip our bras off and just run around. Like, yeah. it's not about that. It's not yeah. about swinging 180. Yeah. Because that doesn't really deal with the problem. No, the problem it's still is, in the door. Mm. Yeah, the problem is, do we know who we are? Yeah. Do we know that there's no part of us that's dirty? There's no part of us mm-hmm. that's unworthy? Mm-hmm. That um, we're actually made, mm-hmm. made with care and love. Yeah. And that we're not uh, we're not dirty throwaway things, yeah. um, not disposable, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I think yeah. for me that's the root of why I don't feel the shame, or that the shame might be there, but I know that it's um, not me. Yeah, it's not part yeah. of me. It's somehow you've separated it. It's like you've really you've landed in your story. You've embraced yourself, mm-hmm. and that's very grounding. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say, and this is probably the last bit, what would mm-hmm. you say would be a few things that women can do practically mm-hmm. where they can help to sort of start to break down the shame To live shamelessly. Yeah. And yeah. do you feel like um, storytelling is a really important yeah. thing? I, I, I know you, I think you, you said that to me at one stage. In, a, um, in terms of storytelling... It's important, of course, to have that safety mm-hmm. because I, I didn't have the safety to say that in my evangelical church mm-hmm. um, scenes. It, it wasn't safe. Um, so I found I found people outside 
who wouldn't say they were, you know, they wouldn't profess they were people of faith or Christians, mm-hmm. but they were compassionate and empathic mm-hmm. people who um, helped me land in my story, helped me own my story. Yeah. And I think to facilitate that for the other, that's powerful. Mm. Because when we, um, it's funny, in attachment theory, we talk about someone who's been traumatized and been through hell and back, Mm -hmm. that if they have a coherent narrative around their story, um, that is very regulating, that they will go on, they they call it earned secure attachment, Mm. because you've earned it. You've Mm -hmm. worked on... um, you worked on parts of your life to mm. um, to own it, to embrace it, to land in it. And it means that the next generation don't live out of that wow. traumatized story. That's yeah. just, a, that's boring attachment mm. theory, main, Mary Main and Hesse, their, their mm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that from a, an academic point of view. Mm-hmm. So to, to really help women, equip women, or give them the space to own their stories, land in their stories, to engage with them. Mm -hmm. Martin Buber, the existential, um, famous philosopher, Mm -hmm. he talks about the I-thou encounter. Mm. And it's about how we really meet each other, not as objectifying, because women have been objectified so much in their bodies, and they do it to themselves, and they self-destruct their bodies and harm their bodies. But can I encounter the other? Can I make a safe space where you can really tell me your, mm-hmm. your story, um, your truth, um, mm-hmm. and help you to accept and integrate this. Mm-hmm. And if we could do that for each other, that would be. It didn't happen in my generation, but you know, it I, yeah, that happened in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it mm-hmm. didn't, and I think it is. I think there is a shift in Ireland. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean. And if I don't answer something, you just no, make me. You make me. You I know? will, but mm-hmm. like. There's this um, dog-eat-dog culture in, in female culture sometimes mm-hmm. of that, who's going to be the top banana? <laughs> you know what I mean? And instead of like... Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, instead of figuring out, all right, who can be the best? Yeah. What if we said, I'm going to mm-hmm. purposefully come eye level with you yeah. to help you share? Yeah. And help you be a whole, your whole person, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really a big shift that needs to happen in just female culture. We need to yeah. stop um, shaming each other yeah. and start mm-hmm. inviting storytelling. Yeah, I think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And we need to tell our stories in a way that helps each other belong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that moves us towards each other, not from each other we need ways of being being human that mm-hmm. open up pos- the possibility of really being truly alive mm-hmm. alive in our bodies and alive mm-hmm. in our beings with each other that open up the possibility of disagreements mm-hmm. creativity um and deepen our friendships yeah you know? totally um, well thank you heather for talking to us it has been a uh, brilliant uh you guys stay tuned for the next i guess part two of me talking to Heather about shame in the female body. We're going to have a little bit more for you. So stay tuned for that next episode. If you like what's going on, um, click like and subscribe. Don't forget, because the more we have of that, the more we can keep this going. And um, the more people will see this podcast and engage. Because Heather and I have been talking about sharing stories. The more we share stories, the more we can come eye level with each other, the better Mm -hmm. this will get. So stay tuned for next time. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Unshamed Podcast. Join us next time for another topic that we hope empowers you. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with your friends.